let's Van Halen this. <laughs> you should start it off that way. Ahoy, hoy, Noiros! Or should I say... What's that fucking noise he makes? <laughs> I don't even you know, think like I the, want to attempt it. The di- you know the noise, everybody. The Diamond David Lee Roth noise uh, from Van Halen. Him and the guitar solo just working together. In harmony. That's that's the kind of episode we're planning to bring you today. Fuck uh, <laughs> we got uh, Van Dan over here. Got Van Weezer over on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Gentleman Joey. Diamond Joey. Diamond Dan, I guess, makes more sense for you. Yeah. All right. Dogs. I'll be Michael Anthony. Yeah. The, the like bassist. Be, yeah, I feel like you'd be a good Michael, Michael Anthony with the, uh, the whiskey bottle the, bass. Hey, hell yeah. <laughs> There's a, a live show where Van Halen plays New Haven, Connecticut. Oh, wow. Shout out to Connecticut. And they, go, they call it um, New Haven. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and that was fun. I like that. And I believe that's the same show where uh, David Lee Roth like is yelling at some guy, and he's like, "I'm gonna fuck your girlfriend, man what? or dude." It's so funny. Wow. Yeah, a lot of good clips out there. Give it a shot. But Michael Anthony brought the beautiful harmonies and the barbecue sauce, and that's what I, I try to bring to the show. Kind of similar to that. I actually, for the first time, I last night I went down like a, a rabbit hole and I listened to the uh, the infamous Buddy Rich uh, rant. Uh, bus tapes if you ever listen to those <laughs> yeah, I, i've heard some, some snippets yeah. yeah i mean i knew it obviously from seinfeld but uh but just hearing hearing that actually occur um and listening to the actual tapes was was fascinating you know it's, it's a good it's time something. is um there's a faye dunaway voicemail she leaves somebody not even a voicemail like answering machine message from back mm-hmm. in the day and mm-hmm. she just goes off on this reporter. It is very funny. I'll, I'll have to send that. that to you. Yeah. yeah. Very good. And she just mentions Marlon Brando like over and over again. <laughs> I mean, as you should. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah. Coming in hot a little bit today. <laughs> a little too hot for all this snow. Uh, yeah. And I'm not just, uh, the weather ban is still on for 2022. I'm talking the movie, of course. Yeah. I feel like, but, I, I feel like I'm okay with, with lifting it for at least this one. Well, there happened to be some snow right. this <laughs> this weekend along with this but yes yeah that's all we got i mean who knows what kind of winter we're in for it yeah global warming we're watching it happen if anything this this podcast will serve as a document to you know maybe we'll lift the weather band to be a historical document for the, yes. for the future maybe like, not who knows let the fans decide that's what i say dan when you said historical documents it made me think of the movie galaxy quest which i actually just caught the other day where they talk about uh, have you ever seen that movie I, yeah, do you, are you a big Galaxy Quest fan? I think it's pretty underrated, to be honest. I really like that movie. Is this how I sell you on Bill and Ted 3? Because it shares a director. Oh, does it really? Yeah, they got their director of Galaxy yeah. Quest on that one, yeah. Now I have more incentive to watch it, because I, I... That's I, what I'm talking about. I saw Galaxy Quest in the theater when it came out. I remember it. And uh, I've, I've always liked it. And it's been a while since I watched it. It was on TV, and I, I think it is... It's great. I, I like the, conceptually. I think it's a great idea. It's solid. Um, it's a cult movie. I know they've been trying yeah. to do a TV show of it forever, and we'll we'll see if that actually happens. But the you know, and at least with Bill and Ted Three, you can't be like, oh, you know, I think I would have liked it more if I was around for it because that thing just came out like a year or two ago. Exactly. Now I'm on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. I have it. It's on my list. You watch that, and I'll watch uh, the Music Room Two. <laughs> music Room Two. Yeah. You mean the sequel to Music Room? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they clearly, by the end of that movie, left it open for a sequel, I thought. <laughs> they did. I watched it today. You, you did watch it? Oh, I okay. did watch it. I'm yeah. curious. It was good. It was good, right? Yeah. 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 
I, I can tell it, it definitely has its own pace to it, and as his movies do, um, it gets cooking. It, you know, yeah, there's a little bit where it's just like, you know, I can watch this, but I don't, I don't know. It's fine, but then it it, it definitely gets cooking for sure. Oh yeah, there's a lot under the surface in his movies that a lot yeah. of subtext to it, a lot linked to the culture and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's a, it's definitely one of my favorite of his. So I'm glad you watched it. It was a good time, and a thank you to the Criterion Channel. Shout out to them for its availability. Mm-hmm. Felt like I could just Netflix the damn thing, huh? Yeah, as the general population would say. Actually, a lot of a lot of Criterion stuff I've also found is on HBO Max, which is interesting because I've noticed a lot of stuff in there. I'm like, ooh, that's cool. That's on there. Like, that's I think that's more a testament to their deal with TCM. Like, TCM, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, yeah. But there's and, definitely that crossover for sure. But, but yes, yeah. as far as like the mainstream main streaming services, if you yes. really want to be a, a headline in an article. Nice alliteration. The, <laughs> thank you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Finally, a compliment. Um, HBO Max, they're the best for like older movies, you know? Yeah. Like you can find some stuff there for sure, more so than than any other. Yes. But anyone but Netflix really will, will guide you somewhere, it, it seems. They just, they find those old movies poisonous, I guess. Yeah, they don't. They only like their own movies, I think. I I did watch one of their own movies, though. I think it was this week, or I watched it last week and forgot to bring it up. And I don't remember the title, but it was that new Jane Campion movie. What? You know what the title Benedict, is? Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, no. Jesse Plemons. No idea. Dunst. I do like Kirsten Dunst. She's good in it. It, it was good. It was good. I would, um, if you're a fan of hers, both Dunst and Campion, I would say. Kirsten Dunst is a really good actor. Like, I, she's very versatile. I really, I actually really like her a lot. Yeah, and it's fun to see her work with her husband, too. Like, if yeah. you saw that mm-hmm. season of Fargo they did together was quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the Power of the Dog okay. is what it was called. Yeah, it's good. I'll check it out. Beautiful I, scenery, as her movies often have. Yes. I, 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 before I forget, I do want to mention that I, so I did get, uh, the original V and the the final battle V. Oh! And I, and I watched the all of the the original. I had something series. Incredible Hulk to bring up myself, which shares the creator of that. Um, uh-huh. The next episode I'm about to watch is called "Bring Me the Head of the Hulk." I thought you would like. Yes, that. I like. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yes, please let's talk V. You watch all of the original series. The, yeah, the so first I watched the one. first the first two parts. Yeah. Yes, the, excellent. Yeah. It, I loved it so far. I mean, so it, good. It, it's like I don't want to say like it's what I expected. Because that's, I think it makes it sound like a negative, but like, no, no, it's, I, I, it's just I, as good as, as like I was expecting it to be. Like, like you were hoping it to be almost, you know? Right. Like, like I, I, it's kind of like I had this built up in my mind, like based on what I did know over the years of like hearing about you see it. Some screenshots. And- right. Yeah. And like I had friends that had recommended it, but I just never got around to watching it. And I'm like, it, it has all these elements. Like everyone that I knew was like, yeah, this has like all stuff that you would like. You should just watch yeah, it. And I just never got around thing. to it. Yeah, and and I yeah, I thought it was great. So I'm I'm looking I, I forward to. I think it's it's one that you wouldn't just blindly recommend. You really have to know your friend to do so. But yes. if you really do feel comfortable with it, I think it is in that regard a sure thing. Um, it's great. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, no, there's going to be a, a bonkers dip in quality, but it's still very interesting with the next one with the final, especially battle. the climax. I can't wait to talk to you about it. I might even need to dust them off since we brought it up and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I did. I did take them off the shelf, so I may get to it. But yeah, I'd be interested to to talk about the last one with you. All right. Well, that's that's next up. So so the early, probably earlier this week, I'll probably get into that. So we'll probably have it to talk about maybe by next episode. Excellent. But yeah, it's a great time. A lot of familiar faces in there. You get like uh, William Russ from uh, William. from Absolutely. Boy Meets World. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you're going with, I love I love that guy, and he is uh, 
Boy Meets World, like you find out after the fact, I, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, this is a common topic for me, but he just, he was such a mean, like exciting guy in like all like his 80s television appearances, like mm-hmm. uh, wise guy. He was such a, a, a shitty guy. Mm-hmm. His episode of Miami Vice, he's a scumbag. Like he was just such a, a great guy at that. And other than him being the dad in American History X, like he never really got a glimpse of that unless he went looking for it. Right. So shout out to him. Uh, last time I saw a photo of him, it, it looked William Ruff, Dan. It was, yeah. it was sad to see. So I hope he's doing all right out there. Yeah. Check that in stuff. He's got one. But um, yeah. And then you get Freddy Krueger. Yes. Being, being like very, si- playing a very sympathetic role. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird to see. It's him quite his... jarring. Yeah. But he does a great job. It, it's so cool to see him. And, and just so many 80s babes in this stuff. Great. Yes set designs kooky aliens yeah it's a fun time check out it all actually i can't think i forget the the name of the character but the guy the 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 alien that befriends the reporter guy and like helps him out and like shows him like what like what's going on that guy is in uh one of my all-time favorite mystery science theater movies uh it's called uh uh parts the clonus horror it was like a late 70s, like made for TV, like sci-fi movie with Peter Graves. Uh, yeah. And he and he's in that movie. So like when I saw him, I'm just like, oh, it's that guy from, <laughs> from Clo- uh, Parts of Clone's Horror. So that it's like a lot of like random like character actors like that. You see that but like, oh, I know them from such and such. Yeah. Like the, like the one older guys from um, Monster Squad. Right, uh, right. Exactly. Yeah, their grandfather. So yeah, no, I, I like it. it it's interesting because it's like there's so many characters to kind of contend with. And they all yes. kind of like, obviously, there's Sprawling. like a yeah, it's sprawling, and, and a lot of them kind of link and, and end up kind of meeting each other, which is cool, but it can get a little bit, like, some of the names that, like, I remember some people's names, but other people, I'm like, I forget their name, but I, I mean, I know where, like, where they are in the plot, but, like, I'm, like, so bad keeping track of all the names. Of oh, people. it helps that it's so long. Um, yes, that too. And I couldn't imagine, like, waiting, like, night per night and having breaks. Like, it really does help to watch it as one chunk. It's very yes. watchable, too. Like, it doesn't feel like a slog. I mean, you have no. pause points if you need to get up and use the bathroom or perhaps yeah. get some snacks um yeah they're broke up in a way where it's like yeah i mean the first two parts have been about an hour and a half each so it's like you know yeah. that's that's manageable for me yeah and between that and then the sequel too it's just like if you really are a modern audience watching it at once you can keep as best track you can of all the spinning plates because there's quite a bit happening we're all we're all masters of uh of the binge watching now so <laughs> yeah true. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty locked in yeah i mean that's and that is a testament to i think like you said like our generation it's like I'm so much more used to that now where you're like that almost like instant gratification of like, yeah, I can just cruise through a, a, a series like at my leisure and don't have to yeah. wait the week, the week to, to wait on this. No, like, I love the week up. to week. I'm, 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 I do too. I'm a, I'm a fighter of it though. I was uh, pleased to see that if you're a Matt Barry fan, the new Toast of London series, which is called Toast of Tinseltown, mm-hmm. where he comes to Hollywood to star in the new Star Wars movie. Uh, okay. That had all come out at once. And there was a great, cameo from larry david that was maybe funnier than the entire last season of curb your enthusiasm wow it was so great it was great to see him did not see it coming i'm glad that he is friendly with matt barry couldn't recommend that enough great way to kick off the year great good to hear it you know what i'm rescinding recommendation wise before we get into this dan what's that go puff pizza not good i don't want people to still order with my recommendation it has gone down in quality Ooh, uh uh-oh it's been consistent enough that I can no longer make that recommendation. That's unfortunate. I'm sorry, guys. But if you were there with me when it, when it was the good times, it was happening. What, what a time to be alive, huh? 
I thought you were about to, to like, to- yeah, I was going to be like about to toast it with your drink. <laughs> I felt <laughs> like, it too, Dan. I yeah, felt yeah. it too. Pour, pour, uh, pour, pour of- one out. Pour one out for... Uh, well, if I'm talking toast to Tinseltown, I got to make a toast. And, you know, for keeping the toast coming, are you ready to get into this one, Dan? I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm more than ready to toast this one. Episode 55. We're giving a toast to On Dangerous Ground. Put on your coats. It's a cold one, folks. Yes. And it was released in the chilly season of December 17th, 1951. From our old friends at RKO Radio Pictures. Directed by Nicholas Ray, his first appearance on the podcast, which is shocking. That's amazing. I was thinking about that before we started. I'm like, this is really the first one we've done. That's crazy. I think this is going to be the year of Nicholas Ray for sure. Uh, yes. We, there's a lot of catching up to do, but that's just how it works with this fucking genre, man. It, there's so much good stuff. It, it takes a minute to get there. Yeah. But we're here. Uh, we got a screenplay by, hey, we got old uh, AI Buzz Air Eddies. You know, we, we, we've had him on the show plenty of times, so no problems there. Yes. Based on the novel Mad with Much Heart by Gerald Butler. Jeez, <laughs> trying to go too fancy on that one, Dan. Cinematography by George E. Discant, who did Kansas City Confidential. Yes. We've already kicked off the year with our old friend Discant. And you could tell that that movie needs a better print because this one looks spectacular. This is a great um, looking movie. For sure. Great looking movie. Really felt that the whole time. Edited by Roland Gross, who edited the setup. We've seen him before and... Uh, fun fact, edited The Thing from Another World. Hmm. Good job there. We all love that movie. Cool. And music by Bernard Herman. There's a lot of people to shout out just because what a heavy hitter on this one. Yeah. Ida Lupino, top billing. She must be in the entire movie, Dan. And also Robert Ryan. That's right. We're braiding them back this year. We didn't do every Robert Ryan movie last year. <laughs> it's somehow surprising. <laughs> that there, and there's, there's many other ones that we haven't Many got to. more yeah. to come, and, and we'll be happy to have him. I think he's really the all-star of the show, and he, he's, he's definitely the most we've done, right? By far. It's got to be. I, I was going to argue maybe Mitchum's up there, but I feel like we probably haven't done as many, actually. No. Well, I'm, I'm kind of like the principal whose daughter's coming to our school. Like, I got to treat her a little rough. Like, people can't think, I, you know, because she's my kid. I, yeah, I'm you're playing favorites. Treat. Exactly. Yeah. So because I love Mitchum, I feel like I'd be like, let's ease off a little bit. Okay. But I love Robert Ryan. A little bit of it is on purpose. So much of it is accidental, though. It just happens. And Ida Lupino. We love Ida Lupino. We, we stand Ida Lupino on here. We so. do. We have, I mean, we've, she's been around, but we, we, there's more to come, especially with her yeah. like actually being in front of the camera. Although in this one, you get a little of both. We'll get mm-hmm. into it. Great to be here. I personally enjoyed this movie a lot more than the first time I saw it, which I liked it, but I really was was in the pocket for this one. I have to totally agree. I, I The first time I watched this movie, I thought like, yeah, that's okay. Watching it this time around, I enjoyed it way more. Like, like yeah. I think you really need to, to get to get the psychological depth of, of like what the, by the end of like what has occurred. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of a jarring movie as we'll get into. Oh yeah. Like, it is, there's a very, it's a very, it's, it's like a tale of two movies almost, <laughs> but it all ties together. And, yes. and that's, it's it's interesting. It's a very interesting movie. So and um, I think I expecting like it. it this time around too, like helped yes. it work because last time it was just like, whoa, wait, what just happened? Yeah, like why? Like we're 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 in a different movie here. What, what's, yeah. what's going on? I just remember there was a hesitation for me when I first saw it. But again, I, I did enjoy it that time. But this time yeah. I was really like, you know, this is a nice little classic that really deserves yeah some attention, and and we're gonna bring it on. I'm ready. Uh, so is uh, this police officer who's been killed dan we got a we got an officer down yes um and his fellow cops they're on the hunt for his killer as they do 
and we're including Detective Jim Wilson in this. This is our Robert Ryan. Uh, he's an officer. He's been on the job for quite a bit. He's a bit of a short fuse, quite violent and quite sad, I would say. Yes. And kind of like two- a, a lost a lost soul in a way as we kind of get the sense throughout. Like there's a little yes. bit of that kind of mentality. Especially when he heads to the country. Yes. And eats himself some peaches. Yes. Um, <laughs> he's got two partners. he got Bill Pop Daly and Pete Santos. They're noticing this change in, in Robert Ryan, and they're starting to get concerned. You know, they're not as gruff as this guy is. I like the nice touch of, of the beginning of this movie where it, it shows the intro into all the characters, uh, like a glimpse of each of their home lives as like an indication of like almost their personalities. To get a sense of the, like a quick idea of their backstories, you can actually visualize it, but it also says a lot about who they are as it goes along. And I think that's a really nice touch. Very much so. Robert Ryan, he gets a tip from a news vendor to go see Myrna Bowers, who's the girlfriend of Bernie Tucker, who's rumored to be involved with the suspected murderers. And she's been kind of beaten up. This is our uh, Cleo Moore mm-hmm. in her, one of her debut roles uh, before she had taken off. So yeah, she, he's able to charm her into getting some information to find out where Bernie is. And when he gets there, he beats him up. <laughs> uh, even though his partners told him not to he gets quite rough he, he tunes him up as as the fuzz likes to say and you know hey all is well right we got the arrest of the killers you know it's cop killers you gotta do what it takes but his captain captain brawley who is old ed bagley of course who else would you expect in this role also i thought it was a little bit funny that his name was brawley as yeah. in like brawl <laughs> yeah he's the one who's saying like you know maybe you should calm down it's yeah. like, all right brawley yeah but he's let him know, like, look, Brawley knows about the brawls and there's a brutality lawsuit against you. Yeah, um, you got to so chill you better, out. He had to take it easy. So, but he does, right. he does, right? He does, he does that. It seems like he's going to take that <laughs> advice quite well, yeah. Well, it was another successful talk. So they head off on patrol. They hear a woman scream and they see Myrna getting beat up because she had talked and Jim doesn't like that. So he, he uh, <laughs> starts to rough him up quite a bit. Goes on the chase, chases him around. Very good time with all the rough ups. It's, it's it's a nice brutal movie when it gets there. And pops like I remember pops has that conversation with him like, "Come on, dude! Like I've been around a long time. Like and they have that like interaction. Father of like, seven. Yeah, and he kind of is like the father to to him. He's kind of giving him like yeah. advice of like you know like you're what you're doing this. You've been doing it for a while. Like and he, and, he, and you know Robert Ryan asked him like. You're like, how do you put up with? It? He's like, he's like, it's just the job. He's like, I leave it. Like, you you can't. He leave. doesn't bring the job home. Yeah, with yeah, exactly. And and Robert Ryan just kind of holds on to it real tight. You know, dealing with quote unquote like what like scum or whatever he however he calls them. I forget what he calls the people he deals with, but something to that effect. Nothing nice, that's for sure. Yeah, nothing nice. <laughs> Damn! Get that goon out of here. Take him back to the car. You know what Brawley told you when he put you back on the job? What are you trying to do? Get thrown off the force? Okay, so I get thrown off the force. What kind of a job is this anyway? Garbage, that's all we handle, garbage. Didn't you know? That's the kind of job it is. Well, you've been doing it for 16 years, you ought to know. How do you do it? How do you live with yourself? I don't, I live with other people. This is just a job like any other job. I do it the best I can. It's never enough, but I do it. When I go home, I don't take this stuff with me. I leave it outside. But you, the way you carry it around inside, you must like it. Maybe you think that makes you a good cop. The way you're going, you won't be good to anybody. Not even yourself. Somebody had to tell you. To get anything out of this life, you got to put something in it. From my heart. 
Let's get out of here. You coming? You go ahead. So Brawley, he gives him the, the audible brawl, and he's like, you know, you're, you're becoming a liability of the department. We're getting lawsuits here. You, you gotta, you gotta get out of here. You gotta leave town. Clear your head. You can help us out with. You're still gonna be on the job. God forbid we, you know, let you take a breather. Yeah. <laughs> take a mental health time. No, no, no. You're gonna continue to investigate murders. Change um, of scenery. Exactly. So you're heading up to the rural north uh, where a young woman has been murdered. So that's gonna be fun times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Westham, is where, where the snowy town is, up in the mountains. And uh, it looks like a lovely, lovely town. Yeah. Very, very different from the city. I mean, we kind of just breeze through everything that, because plot-wise it is so easy to say, but that whole city, where, is that New York? Like, I, I'm pretty sure. I think they don't talk about it, and that's what's difficult, because you don't know what state this is in. But yeah. I, I guess you could just assume it is. But yeah, I think you're, you're basically getting to the point that, like, it, you know, as we alluded to earlier, it's like the, the tale of two movies, but the first one feels like a regular film noir. It's like you're in the city, you, know, you got cop, cops roughing up people, you know, it's, it's that gritty city vibe. And then out of nowhere, he's just you know, yeah. j- jettisoned out to this like country mountain area. Like we're in there for a while and we're investigating yeah. one thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well now that you got that out of your system, we're like here's the movie plot. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like now we're getting to it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. And, and like we were saying, maybe that first time around it didn't work as well or it was just a bit jarring. But this yeah. time around, it was just like it really helped you get to know the character. and Right. Like you knew what was coming. Right. Uh, so I so I had a good time with that. But yes, now we're, we're in Westham. We meet Sheriff Carey and he lets them know what's going on with this case. So him and Jim, they're going to work on this thing together. They head to the victim's home. His sister, Julie Brent, had seen the crime go down. And what is it exactly that had happened? Like the, it was like the two girls, the two sisters were like walking somewhere and right. then the, this guy like jumped out at them and then the one girl got away and then the girl that got murdered didn't and then she got murdered, but they don't really allude specifically. Like, do we ever find out what the crime is ever? I mean, he killed her. I don't, I don't know how. Well, yeah, I get that, but yeah. like, it seemed like he was doing something before that like made him kill her. I think he like... Either like she he liked her or like was trying to get her attention in some way, whether it was like a romantic kind of thing or not. They don't really kind of like skate around it. Like they don't really talk specifically from my yeah. recollection of it. But basically, they just say like it, it, I feel like that, to them it's like not important. It's like she it, like, it put, happened and it that's happened. Enough. She was yeah. killed. That's that's all they want the audience to really know. Cops don't need facts. They just need <laughs> to know what's happening here. Yeah. Fair enough. I just yeah. needed to make sure that that yeah. wasn't me that had missed that completely. No, um, it's, it's pretty, it's a little bit ambiguous. Yes. So the uh, kid that was killed, her brother comes in, he's a lot older, and he's really out for blood on this one. And he announces that they had seen that the, the killer had been spotted running across a field. Mm. And so they start to head in that direction. Um, with, with the dad, we should mention Ward Bond. Yes. I mean, how could you not? Great. One, <laughs> well, of, the, one of the greatest character actors of that era. Yes, so in non-Western. Movies. Yes. And that's where I mostly him. know him from. But yes, great to see him here. He plays a great distraught dad. Yes. So, yeah, they all rush into a car and head after the, the fugitive. But he gets a car himself. He hijacks one. And then it's, it's a full-on chase. It's just Walter and Jim at this point. And uh, the snow keeps coming down. It's very well done how they did this. And the, oh, and the yeah. whole time I'm thinking, like, God, those old wipers. Like, thank God we didn't have to deal with that. They just seem like they were destined to kill you and and i i have to say like 
props to them for, and I don't know if this was like Ray's decision or whose decision this was. I'm guessing it might've been him, but when to, to show the car crashing that Robert yeah. Ryan and Ward Bond are in is yeah. that they use it and not necessarily that you're seeing the car. So it looks like cheesy, but they, they, they manipulate the camera to make it simulate like it's, it's, it's rolling over and right. it looks way cooler because you only see yeah. the aftermath of the car flipped over. And I think that was neat. I, I really like that they did that versus like a mod, you know, a model on a soundstage. Or, you know, some, <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's fine, but like, I, I like the idea of like them getting creative with it, whether that was like a real There was only one thing. very noticeable soundstage scene and it's at the end. I, oh, and that, that, and that's horrible. It's horrible. It's, it's so horrible. And it makes no sense because they've been out in this. We'll right. get to it. We'll get right. to it probably. But I'm glad, yes. I'm glad you said that because I, I, that was my only issue with this movie. I was forgiving of it just because it was like the only one. It was at the very end, but it was shocking. Yes. To say the least. Unnecessary. So far, that is the least I will say so far. But yes, a very nice crash. Bernard Herrmann's score sounded real good by this point. Reminds me a lot of the Terminator with the, like, the clang sound. Interesting. Didn't so I'm think accusing about him of ripping off the Terminator. In, 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 the, in the past? <laughs> yeah, you know, because he was already dead by the time that movie had come out. Yeah. Anyways. But yes, I, very clangy. I just had some, some flashbacks to some, some Terminator viewings. Interesting. Very similar films, as you'll, as you'll notice here. Yes, definitely. So they follow these footprints into a farmhouse. It's very dark, great atmosphere, feeling the cold throughout. Doesn't hurt that when I watched this uh, on Friday, the world was quite snowy. Yes. Had to dust off the car. Yes, same. As you do. But it snowy. looked good. Looked damn good afterwards. Yep. Perfect as timing. Things, as the first couple of snows always look so beautiful. And then you're over it. Before it's like dirt and piss, you know? Yeah. <laughs> then I'm over it. But working remote, love it at this time around. This is my first winter remote. And uh, I, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm a little more, I, I think I might be all full on board with the snow. We'll see. Yeah, not trudging in, in, through snow to, to get to and from work is, is pretty great. Exactly. I watched these guys trudge through the snow and it, I have some flashbacks. Yes. I'm glad they walked so we could run, Dan, yes. from home. Yes. <laughs> um, so inside, this is where we finally get Ida Lupino. And I, again, we're, it's easy to just talk through this plot. A lot happens silently or just, you know, slowly. It takes a, a, quite a bit for her to show up, but she is top build in this. I think it's like 40 minutes into the movie about. Yeah. She, she's first in, which is, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's great, and uh, she says she lives alone. It's very dark, and they're like, hey, lady, why don't you turn some lights on here? Come on now. And uh, the, they find out, hey, you know what? She's blind, isn't she? Yes, and Robert Ryan about. notices it. Because you get some shots where she can like see very blurrily because yes. she had an accident, we find out. But yes, mm-hmm. Robert Ryan notices it. I thought she did a great job. There was little touches where you saw her like make the tea, and she left her finger in. You know, as, as blind people do, that was a nice touch. And the way she kept reaching up for that plant every time that was hanging down from the yeah, ceiling. I think, like, yeah, I think she was, was really just, good. Yeah. She's always doing like nice little research like that. Uh, you just, you know, you're going to get a good performance from Ida Lupino yes. every time. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her. She does a, a lovely job in this. And it's great to see her and, and Robert Ryan together. Yeah, I don't know. It's a unique good pairing. pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's two really good good actors. I'm glad we got them together. 
uh, I did see that he did a cameo in a movie that she had directed, that tennis movie I was talking about, Hard, oh. Fast, and Beautiful, uncredited cameo. So hmm. I'm looking forward not, to that. I found it on YouTube. Were they not in other movies together? I had looked and I didn't see anything offhand, but I'm sure there, it felt like there would have been something hmm. if you want to kind of do a, a loose look as we go on. But uh, So they were, actually. I thought they were. Right so, off the bat. Look at this guy. So they were in a movie called Beware My Lovely, uh, which starred both Ida Lupino and Robert Ryan, and it is a film. Well, that's an original title. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> what, what does that sound like to you? Um, I can't think of a thing. But it's an RKO. Um, okay. So maybe if we can find that one, maybe sometime we could try to get into that one. RKO. Yeah. But yeah, at least there's one other movie with the two of them, and that came out in uh, 50, 52. Okay. So, yeah, so we're after right this, after. you're after. Yeah. Okay. And it was also, interestingly enough, it was also the same cinematographer. It was, it was uh, Georgie Discant. All right. Well, it's going to look good. No discount with Discant. It's, it's going to be a looker. <laughs> that needs to be like a bumper sticker or something or a t-shirt. We're, we're really coming up with the merch ideas say, that the most gonna work. esoteric thing ever. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, what does that even mean? Look, if you get one honk in your lifetime for that, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'll take it. It might be from us. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Um, so yeah, farmhouse is is looking like, hey, maybe nobody's here but Mary. But uh, Walter, he says he's found some men's clothing in an upstairs room, and she says, you know, hey, I have a brother. He sometimes stays with me, but he's been gone for quite a few days. So Walter, he wants to know what's going on. He's quite angry. He's out for blood. He's got a rifle, but you know, it's weirdly enough, old Jim Wilson, Robert Ryan, he's the one who's been playing it cool this whole time. Maybe he just mm-hmm. needs to get out of the city. Maybe it's the city, Dan, that makes him boil after all. I think it's that. And and I also question, like, did did Ward Bond's character play a role in that of maybe in some, like, weird, in the back of his mind, like, seeing how much of a hothead he is and maybe yeah. recognizing that. And, and he has to be the one that, in this scenario, that has to be the, the calm, cool, collected you know, empathy. police officer, and he has to like build this layer of empathy and seeing it through Ida Lupino as well. Like this is what ends up kind of, you know, not softening him, but softening to him to an extent. Fine so, as icy exterior. Yes. Well said. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I thought about that at that, as I was watching, I was like, maybe that's part of it. It's all that combination yeah. was really what kind of was his transformation in, in a way. Absolutely. It makes sense. Like it doesn't seem like it comes out of nowhere. Right. Cause he, he it still has that Robert Ryan, like, I'm annoyed by everything and could snap at any second. It's a very it, short like, fuse, tough exterior. Yeah. yeah. Like you don't want to annoy him. Yeah. And bring him the wrong hammer or something. No. <laughs> so Jim, he's saying, you know, I, clearly Mary is blind. Like I'm going to believe her, but why don't we go ahead and look outside? We could maybe find something else. So while they're looking, Jim kind of sneaks off and heads back inside to have a one-on-one with Mary. And, you know, they, they really get into to some nice themes with one another talking about trust and uh you know mary is really appreciative that jim doesn't take pity on her she notices like a lot of people when she had made the tea like people would insist to make the tea for her because she's blind but he just let her do it she really liked that Mm -hmm. so she appreciates that and she's like you know why don't you guys stay here the night my brother is in fact here his name is danny he's hiding on the farm but if you take care of this not that hothead you clearly are a very cool calm collected yeah. guy i can't see your face so i don't know that you look like robert ryan and are probably a nut i'm sure if you close your eyes and heard robert ryan it's not so bad right like you don't think that's what's coming 
Yeah, I think it's that. And obviously he's the police officer. So he kind of like you would like, I guess her trust is like expecting that he's going to be the one that's like, he's going to try to get justice and not yes. necessarily be out for blood. Like, cause his, he doesn't really have an emotional connection to it other than no. just solving this crime, you know, like versus, you know, the father who want, is out for blood wants to kill him, you know? So she trust she's trusting him to say, okay, you're just going to like arrest him or whatever, or send him, send him to, you know, somewhere that he can get help or, you know, whatever it is. Make sure he doesn't get blown away by right. this guy with a gun. Right. And He'll this town him. that's angry yeah. at him, the right. pitchforked and torched kind of town. Yeah. And, you know, to his credit, he's going to do it. He's like, I'll, I will protect him. We'll, we'll talk it out. Why don't you go talk to him and we can figure out a surrender. So she slips out of the house a little later on. And we see that Danny's been hiding in a storm cellar. Great shot with her open the door, you know, offering out the food and he's got the knife. I mean, that's if I was making the shot of the episode, that's it right there. Hmm. (laughs) We'll see what Dan cooks up for us. But I was I really that shot had caught me quite a bit this time around. I will say that I I do keep your hints in mind. As okay. You, as you've probably seen at some of the recent episodes. Uh, I mean, I like to let you you take the wheel. You do a great job. But thank I, you. I will say this one caught me. But if you have something better, I believe it. And you know, it, if this is the one I like, just see what Dan's cooking up. Huh? Yes. No, I, I definitely, I definitely appreciate your your thoughts. And I mean, I did that for uh, one of the Kansas City Confidential ones. It was definitely I, I the second one. Uh, yes. Was was uh, one we had discussed. I know that you were a big fan of, so I made sure. Classic scene with beautiful cinematography from George Discant. Uh, yes, back to back discants. It's what we're bringing. Well, we did do a night in the city, but yeah, we did. But uh, who remembers that back- shitty? I, I'm going to say back to back. It feels like it was back to back. I feel like we just did it. It came out this week. Yeah, I think in that's that regard, why. and we yeah we had to come up with some promotional materials. Yes. That's Night fine. in the City, you know, yeah, not not that good of a movie, but I already forget what, what was that about. I, I don't remember. Was uh, Ida Lupino or Robert Ryan in that was one? The, there was there was a night, and I think and a and a city, I guess. Yeah, I think it had that discount cinematography. <laughs> <laughs> not discount, but discount. Exactly. All right, I, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Year two, everybody, we're coasting. Welcome to the show. <laughs> So yeah, uh, very nice scene in the storm cellar. You don't really see Danny's face quite yet, which was interesting. And Danny, by the way, is played by Sumner Williams, who is Nicholas Ray's nephew. Oh, I didn't he, know that. He thought that this is the guy who had the goods. He really isn't in anything else, and he, he does a good job in this. Yeah, he was good. Hey, if your uncle's directing, right, you got to listen to him. Yeah. Don't tell mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he takes the food. Sounds like everything's going to be okay. But then, you know, she's like, hey, go with Jim, this guy you can trust. But Jim pops up, he discovers this conversation, which totally freaks Danny out, and he runs off. And Jim goes after him, they, they end up in a shack, and uh, he has a knife, the, the one that we saw earlier, and uh, he's able to keep Jim at bay. He also then goes into a little bit about Mary's blindness, how like she could have got an operation to fix her, her uh, mm-hmm. sight. But their mother had just died and she didn't want to just leave. You know, it would take recovery time. Mm-hmm. So decided not, which has given Danny some guilt. So it's a very nice tender moment. Again, you could really trust this Jim Wilson. He, he's mm-hmm. a guy with feelings and heart. Very clearly. Yeah. These guys get it. Why can't everybody else? Why can't possibly New York City or whatever city it was? But then seems like all is well. Jim is about to get the knife. And then in comes old Walter. Bursting in with this gun 
And he fires a shot at Danny. Jim tries to, to get the gun away from him. And he's like, hey, man, we had this thing working. You got to chill. The rifle ends up knocked to the floor. Danny grabs it, runs off. And uh, there's a beautiful pursuit up this cliff. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminded me of uh, Storm Fear a little bit. Yeah. Yes, I did think about that. Yes. There's a letterbox for you. Snowy Mountain Film <laughs> movies. We've actually done, I guess, uh, quite a bit. Too. Naked uh, Spur. Yeah, Naked Spur. Yeah. Uh, was that, uh, what was the other one we did with uh, Robert Ryan, the Western one? Oh, um, we just did it. I can't think of the name I know. of it. Hold on. I want, I want to think of it without looking it up. We're going organic. Robert Ryan in the West. Day of the Outlaw. Was that it? Beautiful. That's exactly what it was. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I want to trust my brain on this one. Well, it was a half second. I was like, wait, was that? Oh, I was like, no, I'm thinking of Blood on the Moon. That's what that title was. Yes. Maybe there's no Westerns in 2022. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I feel like we got some other good, some good theme type film yes. noirs coming up. Some extra stuff. So We got tech noir color. Yes. May coming up. And yes. I don't know, maybe we'll do a, a focus on an actor, possibly, I, I've been thinking of, or... You know, a lot of possibilities. We're full of possibilities. We are full. We, we, we've been doing too much. We got to go use the facilities now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're up. We're running up that hill, Kate Bush style. Um, <laughs> it's, it's quite snowy. Very, very good atmosphere. Uh, music is working perfect. In fact, Bernard Herman had said this was one of his favorite scenes placed on top of his music. And yeah, it's very effective. Like I said, you got that Terminator clang and... Mm-hmm. Good pursuit music, which I, you know, I guess is basically the theme of Terminator. So maybe James Cameron had watched this one and had a little idea. I could see him maybe being a Ray fan. We'll talk to him. We'll ask him next episode <laughs> when he's our special guest. Yes, <laughs> or, or we discuss aliens as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can have time to get into it. Maybe we can get some Avatar two spoilers. Yeah. We're waiting. Us and uh, the Avatar convention from How To with John. Lewis. I was gonna say I forgot that we did. We, we totally forgot. I knew there was something in that episode that I wanted to talk about. And yeah, totally it was only like the heavy up. hitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that was fascinating. Um, yeah. Also, I needed to use a font for something, and I scrolled past Papyrus, which reminded me of Avatar. Have you seen that movie, Avatar? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I've never seen it. Yeah, I saw it. I, I, I liked it. I don't know how I'd feel about it now, but it was just like the first 3D movie at the time, and I really enjoyed that process of it. Okay. Plot-wise, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's yeah. like Fern Gully, basically. Yeah. But it was I, just like... I have seen. I have seen. I have, I have seen Fern Gully. Has not aged well. Mm-hmm. Not that it's, I don't think, racist. I just meant more in the... I was a kid, and now I'm not. Yeah, I watched it when it came out, so it's been, you know, a very, very long time. I remember the Pizza Hut promotions where you get, like, a cup that you would, you know, a packet of seeds. Possibly mm. some dirt. I don't know, but they wanted you to grow something. I remember that. They wanted yeah. you to grow pizzas. <laughs> I mean, we, lesson learned, absolutely. Been growing pizzas every day. Not yeah. from GoPuff anymore, though. Nope. They can grow their own damn pizza. Get some get some Fern Gully seeds off eBay. <laughs> <And laughs> grow, grow a pizza. I'm I'm uh, cautiously optimistic about Avatar too. I think, if anything, Cameron is a great sequel guy. Like I think he's a good builder up. Mm-hmm. He, he's proven that to us, and I think he could do it again. Okay, we'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's definitely going to be still ridiculous. I mean, but like they all are. Like, have you seen True Lies? Like that thing is yeah. ridiculous <laughs> as hell. Like, but it's still fun. Like, yeah. And that's what I'm looking for with that guy. Not substance, just style, all style. style. Yeah, yeah. All style, and and no one's finer at it. 
Shout out to Jim Cameron. All the all the topics we're going to get into next episode with him. Titanic. We were going to save it for the end of the episode, but here's a little spoiler for you guys. We got him. We got him. We got him. <laughs> Whole episode devoted to Titanic. Next episode. Big Jimmy C. He's briefly going to discuss our next week's episode with us, but then it's all getting into Titanic, The Abyss, not the director's cut. Aliens. Aliens. The Spider-Man movie he never made. Mm-hmm. Everything. Every, everything. Just try and stop us. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're missing well, maybe, a big one. What, movie-wise? Yeah. Well, you got Terminator. Terminator, yeah. Terminator 2 Judgment two. Day. Titanic. Uh, Piranha 2, I forgot about that There you one. go. The <laughs> first one he did. Well, he comes from the Corman camp, which is yes. fascinating. There's, there's a fascinating documentary to be done on that guy, for sure. Oh, yeah. It, it would blow us all away. So maybe we'll we'll plant that seed with him next time. Maybe he'll let us do it. Have Joe um, Dante maybe, on it. Maybe that's the news we're breaking. Yeah, I mean, I think we can get Dante. Yeah. Talk about matinee. <laughs> Talk about Ant-Mant. I love, <laughs> I, I love matinee. I think matinee's underrated. It's rated. I think it's as rated as... Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess. It, it's, but it's... It, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. It is yeah. very fun. I, li- I like matinee, but... It's not as good as Small Soldiers, let's be real. <laughs> no. But if, if, if we're going Dante, I'm, I'm Burbs, ride or die. That's, You're Burbs, that's, yeah, yeah. I can see, that's yeah. my Dante. That is a legit, phenomenal movie. I was trying to get a full, a full circle tie-in with Kirsten Dunst through Small, small Soldiers, but we broke oh, out. Okay. I was trying. The last Phil Hartman movie. Was Small Soldiers? Yes. Really? final role, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yep. Speaking of that, before we forget, I think we should mention uh, Sydney Portier. Plot of the movie. Oh yeah, okay. Sydney Portier <laughs> passed away. Uh, he at did the, at the time around the time we made this episode, and um, yeah, one of the all-time greats. Uh, and and really, I was like mad that we haven't covered No Way Out yet because I've never seen it, but I want to see it. I've been wanting to see it for a while. I'm the same way. Um, we'll get to. It. We'll get we'll, proper tribute. That'll yeah. be a March one. That'll be a March one. Yeah, come back in March. We'll do it. We'll do it right. But yeah, definitely huge legacy. So psyched to have had him and uh, RIP. Yeah. Mr. Tibbs. Yeah. And in, in the heat of the nights, I mean, the criteria of that's excellent. Uh, definitely yes. recommended. Yes. Um, he's, and he's amazing in it. Very few roles he wasn't amazing in. Yes. Just an incredible actor. And it wasn't ever the fault of him if the movie wasn't so good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He could, he could elevate it <laughs> at the very least. If it's not a great movie, he can elevate it for sure. Oh, on that note, Dan. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring it down, but I, I, I just felt like it's something we should mention. So. You did want to forget. I understand. Yeah. Well, we're back on the cliff. So he, at this point, he, he basically falls to his death, right? I mean, that's where we're at. Yes. Uh, I believe the, there was earlier a conversation, too, alluding to, like, what's over on the other side of the cliff? And it's just like, the other side, you're just going to fall right over. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what happens. Danny doesn't make it. He just keeps trying to make it to the top and falls all the way down. And they they climb back down. Walter sees the body of Danny and then realizes that he, you know, he was just a kid. Yeah. He, st- he feels bad all of a sudden and his murderous rage is just completely gone. And in this regard, you know, Nicholas Ray really knew what face <laughs> yeah. to get that kind of reaction from, bring in his nephew and that'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very sad. And he, he carries his body. They head to a nearby house and when Mary comes and, and discovers his body, that, you know, as best she can, being blind, uh, she, she says a prayer over his body. And 
She senses it. She senses yeah. it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's very perceptive. And after that, she she tries. You know, she heads back to her house, but it, it's very hard for her. But she she does the best she can, and and Jim follows her. That might be the scene, but we're we're about here. But where, yeah, they have used the sound stage where they're just like walking. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's like there. There's an, it's a bunch of exterior shots on location, and then yeah. there's this one. It then goes quickly to a a cut of the two of them like fake walking, right? And, and it looks really bad against a, a rear projection <laughs> of a snowy sequ- a scene. And yeah, briefly it, it too, no like, it, and yeah. it's like completely unnecessary it was a weird addition but i mean not enough to ruin the film but just enough to no. a real head scratcher I, I wonder if that was like was that like a studio thing for some reason i, I they just kind of inserted it i, I maybe like they realized they 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 didn't have something in, in well i know in, rko had like demanded like 10 minutes taken out of the movie at one point so maybe they felt like they just needed a little little extra running time or something i don't i don't know maybe like they they like were missing something that they needed to tie in Somehow, so they like went back and, and reshot it or something. I, I don't know, but yeah, it definitely looks weird. Uh, and it's, I noticed it's that, a bit odd. Yeah, I noticed that I was watching like, ooh, I was like, that looks really bad. Because <laughs> and because then it cuts right back to them out in the snow, and you're like, yeah, physically there yeah. together in a beautiful location. Yeah, yeah. it's it's more noticeable just because like how good the movie looks. I mean, and, yeah, and the scenery, and then you just see that in your so you're like, whoa, 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 but that's fine. We're we're still mostly on location yes um so jim has followed her back to her house and he asked mary about this eye operation he heard about she says she's afraid to try it because you know if she finally tries it and it doesn't work that means the failure she has no more hope she has nothing to hope for and and hold on to what are you going to do now live here like i always have you're going to see the doctor now aren't you now that you're free I, i don't know what i'll do what does he say about your seeing again? Is there a chance? He used to think so, but it's been a long time. He said it was important not to wait. It might be different now. Don't you want me to help you? Or are you afraid to find out? I don't think you've ever been afraid of anything in your life. How would you know? You aren't blind, are you? Yes, I'm afraid. Suppose the doctor operates. Suppose he fails. At least I had Danny. Now I don't even have Danny to look after. Leave me alone. You don't have to worry about me. I want to help you. You're feeling sorry for me, and I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me. Why don't you go? The way you are, I I don't see how you can help anybody. Jim's like, okay, fine, I'm going to listen to you. He heads back to the city. He's almost home. And uh, he hears some voiceovers of all his friends and the people he cares about. It's giving him good advice about loneliness and need. And he realizes he's just a completely different person now. He's been changed from his visit to the countryside. So he just U-turns that bad boy and heads on back, drives back to Mary. They embrace all is well. Another happy noir ending. Mm -hmm. The end, folks. Yep. Interesting time. But yes, definitely enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah. I think I would give it 7.5 icicles. Okay. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. And I, I could argue an eight, but I, I, it was, I loved it a lot more. Like, and my expectations were just, my, my guard was down after seeing it that first time. And so I would say to, to those out there, maybe were a little hesitant or maybe watched it with us and maybe didn't get it that first time, you know, put it in your pocket, save it. I think there's enough there to make you want to rewatch it because at least when we watched it, it was still good. Like, you know, mm. it was just interesting. Tonal changes, scenery changes, but there, there's really something special here. And if you, you see this right off the bat and you get it, congratulations. You're a little classier than we are. <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, with just the, the tail off of that, I, I, yeah, I mean, this movie, and we mentioned earlier, Extreme Fear, like this time of year, it's like, yeah, if you want a nice little wintry, cozy up film noir that you can want to watch where you're out in the, in the snow and you're feeling that vibe. Yeah, absolutely watch. It's 82 minutes. Yeah. 82 degrees. It. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was 82 degrees. Yeah, that'd be nice. It's more like 28. Flip those numbers. So let's see what we can pull off for fun facts here. This, of course, we alluded to it with the hitchhiker, but this was the movie where the director had fallen a little ill, Nicholas Ray, and Ida Lupino had actually stepped in to direct a little bit. Looks like some of that has been kind of overblown throughout the years that it really was just the final scene that she had directed, which her and Robert Ryan had kind of come up with and and blocked together. There was a lot of controversy about the final scene originally, like it would just end with him going back to the city and not coming back. Mm -hmm. But everyone had problems with that. And so the stars had come up with that final scene and a little happier of an ending, but you know, it worked out. Mm -hmm. Um, One interesting thing about the shooting of this film uh, was early use of a handheld camera, which is, you can definitely feel it. It gives it that live action feel. Yeah. We got cameos galore. Uh, Bezzaretti's. Yes. The writer, he's at the bar in the beginning, uh, trying to deflect old Robert Ryan saying he's got a, he won on a horse ticket trying to bribe him. Yeah. That, that's a fun cameo. Yes. Definitely so like according that. to a October, 1949 Hollywood reporter article, RKO had purchased the novel of uh, rights, Gerard Butler's or <laughs> Gerald Butler's. Jeez, we see this guy's throwing me off with the modern name we have of him already. Yes. They purchased this specifically as a vehicle for Robert Ryan. They felt this was a perfect one for him. And uh, there was a lot of research that went into this specifically with the police departments. Uh, the director and the writer had discussed the project with Los Angeles and Boston police departments. And the police were on board with this. They were pleased that the subject of police violence was being treated openly on film and gave their approval to the production. Hmm. And uh, Ray and Bezzaretti's, they went on ride-alongs with detectives in Boston's South End, as well as with patrol officers in Los Angeles. And Ray had stated that Ryan's character, Jim Wilson, was actually modeled on a Boston detective who was, quote, a bachelor who began being a police officer in order to put his brother through college but then was almost kicked off of the force due to excessive violence. A lot of reused music from Bernard Herrmann, actually, as good as he did. He felt that nobody had really seen this movie and decided (laughs) to reuse some of it. Pieces had been used in North by Northwest, as well as the television series Have Gun, Will Travel. Hmm. Fans of those should look out for those fragments. Modern sources say that the movie had lost up to $425,000 at the box office. It was not a success, unfortunately. Yeah, Nicholas Ray had wanted a more downbeat ending, but RKO, they made him film a new ending. RKO was kind of going through the transition to Howard Hughes at the time. So a lot of movies during this time were shelved for a little bit. This one was shelved for two years, actually. And then, yeah, so Hughes had insisted on 10 minutes being cut out of the film. 
There was a scene just before the ending. There was the thing with Myrna getting beat up. That was actually originally part of the ending, but that got moved to the beginning of the film. Probably some more rear projection. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I Lupino did not appear until 39 minutes into this movie. Yes. So yeah, that uh, Myrna, Cleo Moore, she is kind of a fascinating person just because we've gone over so many other people in this. Um, mm-hmm. She was kind of tapped as the next Marilyn Monroe. So they had her bleach her, her hair platinum blonde. Columbia had purchased her right around this time. And in fact, even Nicholas Ray was no longer working with RKO at this time, but he came back as a favor. So this was a favor film for a lot of people mm-hmm. for RKO. But yeah, we'll, we'll see her more again. She'll, she'll be back in some, some film noir. She's, she's quite a bad girl. Um, she would actually reunite with Ida Lupino, this time on screen in 1955's Women's Prison. Mm-hmm. And then she would retire from acting after 1957's noir Hit and Run. Mm-hmm. She made a lot of headlines for publicity stunts. She had a five-minute kiss on live Chicago television in 1954. Wow. And then uh, one day had pledged to run for the governor of Louisiana because she had briefly been married to the youngest son of the Louisiana governor. I'm not sure if that's the same one, but she had been married when she was like 14 for like a couple of days. Pretty wild stuff. But she had found success as a businesswoman in real estate after... And she died at age 43 in her sleep. Hmm. Ward Bond, like we said, a lot, of heart, uh, a, lot of, a lot of Western films from that guy. He was best friends with John Wayne, who gave the eulogy at his funeral. And Bond's will, he had given John Wayne the shotgun that John Wayne had accidentally shot Bond with at a hunting trip. Oh, man. <laughs> Interesting thing to get back. He's in a lot of movies. He's in uh, quite a bit. Always good to see him. He's, he's, a, he's a consistent player in the world of film. Almost like the Harry Dean Stanton of yeah, that that's era fair. in a way. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, we, like we said, Nicholas Ray, he's going to be back. He, he did They Live by Night in a Lonely Place. Then, of course, you get some Johnny Guitar and everybody's saying, favorite, Rebel I'm, Without a Cause. I was say, I wish we could do Johnny, Johnny Guitar because that is such a fascinating movie. <laughs> You know, I love I love that movie. It is it is such a bizarre bizarre movie. If other people, I, I'm all right there with you. If other people want this, promise to subscribe to our Patreon. We'll give Western bonuses. That'd be cake for us. It'd be nothing. Yes. Were we successful enough in podcast to even just do a spinoff Western spin-off. podcast? No problem. Out, but, out of the silo. Out of the. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what what would we call it. Out of the saloon. Out of the saloon. I like that. Well, these ideas are getting too good, so we better stop now. Um, yeah. Oh, and some working titles for this movie were Mad with Much Heart, of course, after the, the novel, which mm-hmm. is not a good title, in my opinion. I mean, mm. fine for a book, but not a movie. Uh, and Dark Highway, which mm. is good, but not for this. It's not much highway. No. no, that's just it. But that's all right. Maybe we'll find some Dark Highway in our next week's picture. You want to see cold? We're going to bring you cold. We're bringing you 1956's Nightfall. What do you want? A few honest words. From you? Right now, two men are coming over here to pull you out of your respectable little world so fast, you won't know what hit you. Why me? Because you were unlucky enough to talk to me tonight. The screen brings you a new adventure in astonishment. 
Why don't you get it over with? What do you think I'm going to do, kill you? Yeah, I think you're going to kill me. He's acting pretty cool. Why not? 350,000 claims, why couldn't he be cool? I don't know where the money is. If I left you here, they'd find you in no time. Even if they didn't, I'd want to go with you. You're the most wanted man I know. Terror and rapture between dusk and dawn. Adventure that sweeps you to fever pitch at a Hollywood fashion show. Turns you icy cold with dread in the snows of the Wyoming Rockies. You might be around here someplace. I... I just counted it. You're unlucky, fella. You're not lucky at all. good jock turner director out of the past we love him for that can you do it again we'll find out i haven't seen this one so i'm looking forward to it well that's the we'll find out we're alluding to yes i have exactly. seen it and i have an answer for you and we will find out uh, next week looking forward to it thank you for joining us everyone for another edition we're excited to see you next week feel free to like review rate subscribe all the places apple podcasts that's where most people listen, but Spotify, they got a new rating system. Maybe give that a shot. Maybe give the old Apple podcast rating system a shot. Anything you want to do helps the show out. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com, out of the podcast Instagram, out of the podcast underpants coming soon. Send us, send us a telegram, you know. Yes. We, we have installed a live on-air telegram machine so you can telegram us while we yes. record and we can respond to you live, but after the fact, after yes. we release it, yes. Live at the time. Live at the time, yes. All right, Dan, I feel that steam starting to go away, so let's wrap her up. Thank you once again for joining us. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, here's the here's crime. The crime. Ready? <laughs>